Hey, this is Andrea, and you're listening to the City Heart Podcast. We hope that this series inspires you, challenges you, and propels you to dive deeper into your relationship with God. Enjoy the message. But let's go ahead and jump into the word here. And turn with me uh, to James chapter 5. We've been hanging out here a little bit in this series, James chapter 5 already, and so we're coming back to it. James chapter 5, and we're going to look in verse number 13. We've been, as I said, been in this series, Living on a Prayer, and it's been really powerful, some really powerful words last week, and I'm excited for this week as well. Uh, James chapter 5, verse 13 reads like this. It says, is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. It says here, the Lord will raise them up. And if they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Verse 16 says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. And the prayer of the righteous person is powerful and effective. The prayer of the righteous person is powerful and effective. If you have something, leave it there. And James, we're going to come back to it in just a few moments here. Uh, But let's take a look in the book of Matthew Matthew chapter 18. Matthew is obviously in the New Testament of your Bible. It's the first book of the New Testament of your Bible. Let's look in chapter uh, 18, and we're going to look at verse number 18 as well. Matthew 18, 18, and we'll read through verse 20, and it reads like this. It says, truly, I tell you, Jesus speaking here, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. If two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Verse 20 says, for where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. For where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. We're continuing this series, Living on a Prayer, and, and obviously we've been kind of basing our, our, uh, our sermons on lyrics in the song, so we're not leaving that here. So here's a good one. Take my hand, we'll make it. <laughs> Take my hand, we'll make it. Let's pray about heads and pray. Lord, we thank you so much uh, for this day, Lord, for today that you have made. And Lord, we rejoice and we're glad in it. And man, we're just so grateful for this opportunity that we have uh, to, to worship you, God, to, to praise your holy name, God, to say how much we adore you and how much we love you, God. And Lord, how much we are grateful that you cause breakthrough in our lives to happen, that as you speak, God, that you break the cedars, Lord, that you divide us, Lord, the flame, that, that man, things begin to happen when we call on your name, Lord, Lord, and, and, and as, as we sit in your presence, as we dig into your word, as, as we turn our ear towards you, God, 
we know that you have a word directly for us, a word that will change our lives, a word that will stir up our situations, a, Lord, a word that will move us into you, God. So, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to, to hear clearly what you have to say to us today. God, I pray, Lord, that our hearts will receive what you have uh, for us today, God, and that we would walk in everything that you've given us to do. Lord, you are great. And we thank you for your Holy Spirit that is here and moving. Lord, help it to lead us into a greater understanding of you today. We give you the glory for it in Jesus' name. We all say together, amen. Amen. I've got some guests with me again this week, so I'm going to ask to come up. Uh, Larry Jackson, who's uh, on our pastoral staff here, uh, and, and Bethany Moore, who's, who, man, she runs just about everything in the church at this point, uh, youth and college and all these things, man, just amazing, amazing people. And, uh, man, we're, we're going to go ahead and, and jump into the Word. So if you allow me, I'll take, I'm going to take a seat here. Um, man, I, I was telling... Um, I was telling uh, one of the guys this week that, I mean, I love that we're in this time of 21 days of prayer, um, and here's why. It, it just, it reminds me of the fact and the importance of being in community, that we are a community of believers, that it's not just me praying by myself, but actually we're a part of the local church, and that was actually our focus, our prayer focus this week. We were praying for the local church, praying for the local church body um, in 21 days of prayer. And, and it, you know, look, being in and a part of the local church in this community, it lets us know, as I said, that we're not the only ones praying, right? Sometimes we can get into that attitude like, well, it's just me. I'm the only one that's thinking about stuff. I'm the only one that's, Lord, I'm, I'm the last one praying. I'm the only one praying about this stuff. But no, actually, there are other people that are praying right along with me, right? And the fact that we get to do this together, that we get to pray together and believe for things together, it's so important to know that it's not just me, that I'm not by myself, but actually that there are other people and that we are actually praying corporately, that when we get together and pray, that there is power in that prayer when we get together and hang together. And it also lets me know that, look, yes, I'm, I'm living on a prayer, and we want you to live on a prayer, but there are some other people living on a prayer too. It's not just you. There's some other people that are there, look, they're praying and believing for some breakthrough as well. And, and instead of being in a silo, maybe we should be connecting with the person next to us. And hey, what are you believing for? Can I, can I pray with you about that? Man, man, here's what I got going on in my life. Do you mind praying with me about this thing? Man, it's connecting other people to what we have going on. And, and, and in being in any relationship, right, being in community, you have to know that as a corporate body, not a corporation, right, but as, as people together, that there are corporate responsibilities that we have as well as corporate opportunities that we have. That, that there is some responsibility that we carry for being in community, right? And what is that? This, let me give you four things, right, real quick. It's to be present in your community. And you, if, if you're going to be in the community, if you're going to be a part of this corporate body, it's important that you are present. Not that you're not, especially in this time, to be physically in a room, but that you're watching online, right? That, but that you are present. What's the second thing? That you're active, that you're not just resting on your laurels, right? You're not, just, you're not just resting, but actually you're active, right? We have a saying here at City Heart, nobody rides the bench at City Heart. Everybody has an opportunity to be a part, right? So we want you to be present. We want you to be active. We want you to be committed. 
right? We should be committed and understand that that's a part of our responsibility to one another. In prayer is to be committed and as well, right, to be faithful, right? We have the corporate and, and also, right, so those are responsibilities, but we have corporate opportunities as well. Right? So it's not just responsibility, and we have that, but it's also corporate opportunities. And what are those? It's to be present. Right? I have an opportunity to be active. I have an opportunity to be committed, and I have an opportunity to be faithful. And all of those things are important in us living on a prayer with one another and being connected to one another in this community. And I believe that understanding and really representing or accepting both of those perspectives that it, I have a responsibility, but that I also have an opportunity, that it, it, it helps me in what I have to do. And it helps me to live on a prayer, but it also lets me know that I shouldn't be living on a prayer alone. Amen. And sometimes we do that, right? We, we get into our silos, and, and we're living on the prayer, but we're living on the prayer all by ourselves. And what happens is we miss out on the, on the responsibility that we're supposed to be fulfilling, but we also miss out on the opportunity to be a blessing to somebody else. And it's so important, and, right? And so that's why I have Larry and Beth here with me today, right? Because, you know, I have some, some corporate responsibility to these people, but I also have opportunity, right? To be present in their lives, to be active in their lives, to be committed to them, and to be faithful in them in our roles in the community that we are. And so we're going to talk about that today, but I wanted to read that verse again before we jump into the questions, right? James 5, and I'll read from verse 14. It says, is anyone among you sick, right? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well, and the Lord will raise them up, right? If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. But I love this part. It says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other, right? So that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And y'all, I feel like this verse tells us that community and corporate responsibility is important in prayer. And I'll ask you both this. I'll let you go. Uh, I'll let ladies go first, Larry. Wait for you, Beth, right? Is that, is that true? Is corporate responsibility in prayer? Like, is it important? And if, if so, why? Yeah, I, um, I'm orange. There you go. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I would say yes. I, I mean, obviously grew up in the church and I saw the power of prayer. Um, an individual, I saw the people that were individually praying and you could see the fruit of that. And then you saw the people that were blessed and encouraged by people coming together. And I will say, mainly, I think it's the heart of the father because he wants one bride. He wants one church. And I think when we can agree, we're so different, you know, mm. and we can come together and make like, no, I agree with you. I want that same desire because God gave me that desire too. And I can, I see God's heart ultimately. And the fact that we're going to agree, even if it's to me, if like, five of you agree. Wow. That's beautiful. But just imagine what if a whole church, you know, prayed in unison, how God's heart just is like overjoyed that his bride is his bride. So, so good, Beth. Amen. So good. Larry, same question to you. Um, man, it is, is corporate responsibility is, man, is that important in prayer is being in community is praying corporately. Is it important? If so, why? Yeah, I, I think it's critical, um, actually. And, uh, just like Beth said, it's really important. I, I think that, um, yeah, there you go. I, I, <laughs> it's critical. Um, the Bible tells us that uh, 
uh, two is, is greater than one. Two is better than one. So if we, uh, you, you might be praying, we might be praying in a corporate setting. Uh, God, God knows what we ask for, but even before we, you know our needs before we ask for them. So if we're praying in a corporate setting, somebody might be praying something that we don't even know we want it yet. And, uh, mm. But he know it. And uh, so it's, it's so much power in that. And it's two or more agreeing, we all coming together and praying. Yeah, I think corporate setting of, of prayer is, is critical in our growth with the Father. I love that, two or more agreeing. And I, I think it, it helps what I like to call the, it's, it's the only me trap, yeah. right? And, and we fall into that. And, and look, where's the only me trap? There's two, there's two ways you get into it, right? The first one is I'm only ever praying for me. Right. If you find yourself in a situation where you're only ever praying for you, you've fallen into the only me trap. Right. And what's the other way? Right. The second thing is I'm only concerned about praying if it's about me. Right. So maybe I am praying with other people, but I'm only praying about. Right. If, if you, are you praying about me? OK, well, let's pray together. Right. That's and that's the only time that we want to pray. And what does that do? Right. We're not functioning corporately when we do that. Right. It's just my needs and my issues and my desires. And we find ourselves trapped. But I love what Paul says to the Romans, Romans 1, 11, 12. He says, I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift, right? To make you strong, not to make me strong, right? But it's actually to make you strong. And that is that you and I, and I love this, and you said this two or three agreeing, right? That we may be mutually encouraged. So that, man, if my focus is just on me, then I'm just encouraging me. And that's great. But the other person walks away like, okay, all right, okay, I see. I see how they're going, but actually we should be mutually encouraging other, right, in our faith and, and by each other's faith. So I ask you this, Beth, right, what do you think keeps people from praying or wanting to pray corporately with others? What keeps people from that and how can we overcome that? Um, I mean, I can only speak from my experience or things that I've felt or just kind of, I don't know, when you're, when you're with people, there is this, they're one, there's this sense of pride of I, I'm in the church, I'm a leader, I don't want them to see me weak, I don't want them to see me in need because then, you know, all the grace that was allowed for me this month is used up and oh gosh, what am I wow. gonna do? And I, and I see grace as allowance, even, even working in the church. I'm like, okay, that was, that was a cute, deep meeting. <laughs> I just used up my whole allowance for the month, <laughs> you know? And then you walk away and you're like, gosh, why was I not like, you know, like strong enough to give God glory? Mm. And, and then there's also this, this aspect of like, even if I don't say anything, when people are in prayer, they can discern. And so it's like, what? They're touching my arm. What are they picking <laughs> up in the prayer feed? <laughs> That's just gonna, and, and it's this avoidance of shame, you know? Mm. It's like, yeah. oh, I, don't, I don't want the shame and I, I, don't, I don't want the shame narrative that's gonna follow once people unearth the reality or unearth what I'm really going through. But the beauty of it is, one, if you're in a body that, that is truly loving Jesus, they're not going to unearth your shame without like preaching the gospel and offering that way of, of resurrected life of like hope. And you know, if they just, if they just reveal your shame and they're like, cute. All right. Yeah. Amen. You know, like <laughs> you need the church. Um, but I, I think, yeah, I think that's, that's really good. Look, yeah. breath over here preaching, right? What, yeah. That happens, right? Because then you leave that meeting and you're in tears and you're snot, snot, and they found me out. They know what's going on, right? But it, man, that's, that's really powerful. I think, I think the shame part of it is a, is a really big deal. Ask, Larry, I asked you the same question. 
um, man, what do you think keeps people from praying um, corporately or with other people, and how do we overcome that? Yeah. Uh, good job. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, uh, the same thing Beth said, and through my experience, my personal experience as well, uh, kind of a shame to let people know that you've fallen, that you've failed, mm. you know what I mean? And so you, you don't want to share it with another person because they look like they got it all together, but I mean, Tam just touched on it in prayer this morning. But um, we really don't know what they're dealing with. So I think, but, but that's a, an attack from the enemy to try to keep us silent. So we need to really uh, speak it so we can uh, touch and agree with someone else. And I think that that's a problem that we have, you know, kind of guilty of, of your sin. But if the Bible tells us if we confess it, he's faithful to, to forgive us of it. So we got to make sure that if we're dealing with something, let's get it out. Get it out there to, to the Lord so he can, you know, operate in that grace and give it to us so that we can overcome that. Really, really good. And I love both of you touched on this on um, if you're in the right community, then that's a place of safety, right? Instead of feeling shame, you're in a place where you feel like, okay, I can come. Man, even, even if I might feel it for a moment, I know that these people are with me and that they love me and that they're connected to me. And I, and I think that's really important. That's what community actually is. And I wanted to give a definition of real community because I think a lot of times we experience what we think is community, but it really isn't. And even sometimes on our own, what, what we think we're bringing to a community, but we're not even really bringing in ourselves. And so to me, community is this, is people making a willing choice to come together in unity about what we share in agreement, right? It's, it's, it's making a willing choice knowing that I'm going to expose myself a little bit, or I might be exposed maybe even by mistake, but that it's a willing choice to come together in unity, that there's other people experiencing the same things or similar things that, that, than what I'm going through. And so it, it lets me know that it's okay to come together. And, and I think, look, the agreement part is Jesus. I think for all of us, especially in this time, and y'all seen it, how divided politically we are and divided racially we are and divided in, you know, uh, economically we are and socially we are, that what we can agree on, what we should be agreeing on is Jesus. And let that be the defining thing. Not that those other things don't matter because that's always the instant argument where you're saying, well, Jesus, then nothing. No, no, no. I'm saying it all matters, but let Jesus be the foundation. And then we can build upon that, right, to have conversations about, uh, about the other stuff yeah. based on the fact that Jesus is the foundation. Because right. here's the thing, differences are inevitable, mm -hmm. but not insurmountable. Yeah. And I think sometimes when we get in the community, it's like we're just in a place where, well, my, you know, it's, it's just, man, my, our differences are insurmountable. No, they're inevitable. They're going to be there. They're going to happen, but it's not insurmountable. Why? Because Jesus is the foundation. And so that helps to set the tone and, right, and to separate things. And I love, you said this, like, right, Matthew 18, 19 says, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for. So if we agree about Jesus as the baseline and then the stuff that we're asking for, the word says that it will be done for them, right? Jesus is saying that to us. It will be done to, for us by our Father in heaven, right? And he says, man, we're two or three gathered my name. I am there. So it really lets us know that we should be trying to get Jesus into our conversations. Yeah, yeah. We should be trying to agree and to be in the being community so that he can be present. 
And a lot of times we're trying to get together, but we're leaving Jesus out of the conversation. We're not inviting him to the party. No, let Jesus come to the party. He wants to come too. Let him in the door, right? And so that agreement, right, is that being on one accord, right, in in opinion and belief um, or even your feeling. And I, I feel like in that verse, Jesus is clearly telling us that our coming together in agreement, right, it brings fulfillment of our prayers, right? It brings fulfillment of our prayers and, and his presence. And I feel like the Lord is saying, you know what? What I want you to do is take my hand so that we can make it. What I want you to do when you get into those places where maybe politically you, you don't agree, and most likely in this, it don't matter. You're going to disagree anyway. But you know what? Let's take the Lord's hand, and that way we can at least have an effort or, or a shot at making it. That's so important um, to do. And so let, let me ask you this, because y'all touched on it already, but I, I think this is for the explanation. Have you ever reached out to agree with someone in prayer that you necessarily didn't agree with about in life? Um, and, you know, does it matter that we continue to do that? Yeah, yeah I'll let you go first. I'll okay, let go. sorry. <laughs> yes, um, I have, uh, actually, and um, I, I think it's important that we do that. Um, I had a person that, you know, wasn't living a safe life, hmm. and, um, and he knew that I was, you know, but I knew him because I was with him. <laughs> So I, I knew the life that he was living, you know, I'm just saying. So uh, so he, of course, it's, it's kind of interesting how people come to people they think are saved or living for the Lord uh, in their time of need. You know, they they want somebody to pray for them, you know. And so uh, so they, they came to me in prayer, and I knew that I had to do that for them, regardless of how they live. Because I know Jesus doesn't like the sin, but I have to show compassion. Hmm. So... Um, I touched and agreed with him and prayed, but in that time of speaking with him, I tried to make sure that I let him know that he needed to really be in this family because it was only two families, right? And he really needed to, in order to get all the benefits, uh, he really needed to, you know, talk about salvation. But uh, but I prayed for the issue that he had and, and actually, you know, the surgery went well and all of that. But uh, And later he really gave his life to Christ, hmm. you know, so, uh, but... You know, it, it was. I thought I thought it was important that I did pray for him uh, and let him know that look, this is the side of of God that really loves you, hmm. uh, right where you are. You know, yeah, that's really good. so good, Larry. So good. Yeah. Best same question. Have you know when is the time where have you reached out to agree with someone in prayer that you didn't necessarily agree with in in life or opinions, and does it matter that that we continue to do that? Yeah, I. For me, when I, when I read this question, we were talking about the, this morning of, I'm like, I don't know if they ever knew it, but probably 70% of my prayers have been for people that have hurt me hmm. or offended me um, or have done me wrong. And you're, you can't, if you're too busy honoring, you can't have any room for hate. Yeah. So for me, I'm like, huh, what was frustrating is like, I'm sitting there taking my, my bitterness, my hurt to the Lord. And I'm like, are you going to defend me? Are you going to do this? Are you going to be who you, you know, I'm seeing a defender by Rita Springer. Where you know, like, where is it? Cause I don't see it in the way that I think I should. And the Lord just starts revealing, you know, obvious broken things about them, you know? And I'm like, okay. And just pressing in of like, I need you to, I need you to pray for that. And I'm like, why? They're not even my friend. You know, like I can't even pray for myself that way. And he's like, okay, so I want you to pray for them. In, in ways that you'd want to be prayed for, in ways that you'd want to be wow. believed in. So and it was so weird because I'd be like, they're fine. They're posting on Instagram every day. Like, why am I praying for porn addiction? Or why am I praying for them to be united with their father? They post pictures with their father. 
And then it would be, no joke, like years later, this like story would come out or they'd confess something and I'm like, okay, Lord. And, and for me, I'm like, years later, was I, was I bitter towards him? No, because I couldn't be. When I, when I kept offering it to the Lord, I was like, I, if I'm honoring them in such a way of love, again, loving your enemies sounds really beautiful until you're like, wait, my enemy is like on my nerves. It's not necessarily someone that like, like literally physically was like, I hate you, but somebody that was really offensive or really hurtful, wow. a stranger in the store. And the Lord's like, I'm going to give you um, an in, like an in on what's going on with them. Not to be a parent that's like, hey, we're all imperfect and we're human, like have grace. He's like, no, I actually want you to love them in a way that you're going to serve them without them even knowing. Wow. And I think that, that for me is like, okay. And he's just, he's exercising a muscle, I believe in all of us to, to not hold offense because if it was about fairness, the gospel for us, just, it wouldn't make sense. We would, then we'd have to counteract the gospel. So, so good. And I think Beth, that's such a good point. And I think a lot of times in community, I think the reason why we have so much division right now is because we have such a hard time doing that, right? We have a hard time with the corporate responsibility. We want, right? It's again, it's that me trap. I want it to be all about me and my feelings and I go hurt, and, uh, you know, but really what the Lord encourages us to do, he's actually telling us, you know what, what I want you to do being in this community, being a part of the local church is, man, you actually, I want you to pray for the people and anoint them, even if you don't agree with them, right? That you're praying in faith that, and that for, that you're confessing your sins to one another and that you're actually genuinely praying for each other, right? And it's not that you're going to agree or that we should kumbaya stuff because we can't do that. That's phony. That's fake. There are real issues that we're dealing with in the country right now that we can't be phony and fake about, but it doesn't mean that we should not be in, a, in agreement about Jesus. And I feel like sometimes we have allowed the, the outside stuff, the politics and the memes and the saying mean stuff and just all this stuff to supersede Jesus yeah. in our community. And, right, right. and so it, it takes us out of the corporate, all of a sudden we are uh, you know, alleviating ourselves of the responsibility that we have to pray for one another and to care for one another. And I, I love that, that, man, you see those enemies and you'll, you know, you, you, you know, and you recognize that, no, it's still my job. Yeah. It's still my job as a believer. It's still my job as a representative of Christ uh, to connect with them and, and to talk with that. Um, man, that's, that's really, really good. Um, and I, you guys already answered the next question, which I was asking, like the impact of corporate prayer on your lives. You both have already talked about that. So let's, let's turn into what I call corporate opportunities, right? It's the same thing that we said. Um, one of the greatest ones that we have, especially in this time of prayer, and it goes along with praying for those people, and you started to jump into this, Beth, is, is intercession, right? It's really praying for other people, right? Praying to God on behalf of others, right? Who need our prayers for God's intervention. Maybe they're dealing with porn or maybe they're dealing with adultery or maybe they're dealing with, you know, all these things in their life that we don't like to talk about. But really what, what we have the opportunity to do is to stand in the gap for them, right? To stand in the gap for the person that honestly has provoked judgment on themselves. And they're in a position or in a place where they could be harmed because of their sin. And we're actually standing in the gap in prayer between them and the judgment that they're rightfully due. 
that we have, and that's an opportunity that we have. And so I'm saying, that don't sound like an opportunity, Pastor. No, it's an opportunity <laughs> that we have to pray on behalf of people. And look, if you start to just go through your family or go through your friends and start thinking about, you know what? I know I see their Facebook page, or I know that they're doing this, that they're not supposed to be doing. And you know that because of that, there is a judgment that they are due, that we are due when we sin and when we don't do wrong. But actually, we have an opportunity to stand in the gap for people um, and to be on their side. And so we find a great example of this from Jesus himself, interceding on behalf um, for his disciples and people who sought to harm and persecute him, and also for us even now. Let me read a couple of verses to kind of set this up and ask you guys a couple of questions here. Right, Luke twenty-two thirty-two says, uh, he says to his disciples, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. This is a time where you see Jesus setting the example for us and praying for his disciples. Let me give you another one, Luke 23, 34. Jesus said, Father, we know this one, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing, right? And they, you know, they were dividing up clothes. These are the people that were casting lots for his clothes while he's on the cross, right? And here's another one I'll give you. Romans 8, 34 says, who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died more than that who was raised to life is, the, is at the right hand of God and is also doing what? He's interceding for us. He's standing in the gap for us, helping us to avoid the judgment right, that we are rightfully due because of our sin. It's Jesus sitting at the right hand of God, interceding on our behalf. And so when, I'll ask you this, when we're standing in the gap, Larry, and interceding for someone else's issues, what do you think that requires of us as believers? Well, um, few things actually but one is to, to you, you got to know what the word says right mm. so um and and the reason why you need to know that is because um uh you know faith really begins where the will of god is known so you you got to know what the word says so you can speak it and say it with, with confidence and also i think that um i like to repent you know when i get ready to pray or especially if i'm doing an altar call something like that pray for somebody because i want to clean this vessel out right wow. we're all just vessels and so uh, all that he's pouring into me because i allow the holy spirit to to speak so all that he's pouring in me i want to be able to, to share it i wanted to get hung up in any of that crap that i might have on the inside hmm. so so that i can speak uh what his will is and to speak it with boldness you know and confidence because he, he's already proved it on several occasions for me. So now I can speak boldly because I've seen him do it. So I, I think those are some of the things that you have to do in order to get ready to intercede for somebody. That's really good. Beth, anything else you want to add to that? I, I mean, one, I'd say I love that you, you bring in the word because I think sometimes we get intimidated um, by Christianese. Like, will I say something spiritual enough that will move them? Hmm. And, you know, or I want to say something super specific. And what if the spirit is just like, encourage them? Like, you know how to encourage or you know how to give joy because you, you use humor or whatever it is. And right. they, the Holy Spirit wants your personality and wants yeah. your heart That's given. Good. And so I think, man, if you don't know the words, read the scripture over them. Like, so good. go back to that. I think it's such a baseline. And then also be aware. Um, I have to say this because I feel like we forget this part. Be aware that when you're interceding, when you're fighting for someone that maybe the inward groans, like you were saying, like Jesus intercedes with the inward groan, the things you don't even know. What, what is that? You haven't gone to that route yet. Mm. Jesus is already pressing in on your behalf and, and the Holy Spirit allows you to know those things on behalf of someone. 
you're going to face a lot. And, and I feel like for, for a while, like there will be months if I'm like, why am I feeling so depressed? You know, and I, I was doing ministry in, in Madison County schools. And I remember waking up just feeling so depressed. And I was like, God, I have hope. What, what is this? And he was like, there are so many kids that you're meeting that feel what you're feeling and they don't have me. Hmm. And I need you to feel what they're feeling so that you can empathize with them. So you're not looking at them like, well, just get up and be happy. Just get up and choose to do, go do sports, go do something else, go, go and release your endorphins. He's like, no, you can, I can empathize with you because I'm a high priest that has walked through what you've walked mm, through. Yeah. And you can't look at that child and say, choose Jesus. Wow. If you don't know what they're actually feeling. And, and I think that's so huge too, is like when you're praying for somebody, you might actually face the temptation, you know, so that, you know, not because you're weak and not because you don't know Jesus or you don't love them, but he might allow you to feel the weight of that and to see those things and struggle so that you have way more empathy for who you're praying for. Wow, so good, yes. so good. Yeah, I'm clapping yeah. on that. I love, I love both of those answers. Larry, you talked about very well about making sure that your vessel is prepared, making sure that you are clean and clear and that you are ready for the Holy Spirit to speak through you. So important. I love, Beth, that you talked about um, maybe it's gonna require for you to, to do some things outside of the box, right? To go to a place that maybe you didn't necessarily think that you were gonna go to. And I feel like the Lord does that for us, right? I, I always love that saying that says, you know, he didn't have to, but he did, right? He didn't have to stand in the gap for us, but he did. He didn't have to intercede on our behalf, but he did. And that really is it, what, what you're saying is really the same thing the Lord does for us. He's saying, you know what, take my hand. I'm gonna, man, I'm gonna step out of, my, out of myself to do something that I don't have to do, but I'm gonna do it anyway. And what I'm asking you to do is take my hand so that we can walk through it, so that we can make it together. So good. Um, can you give me an example in your life? And I'll ask you both this. Can you give me an example in your life when you were there to intercede for someone else or where intercession was provided on your behalf? And what did that mean to you? <laughs> well, actually, yeah, I, someone interceded for me recently. And uh, uh, my wife. <laughs> and, and so, I mean, because I was dealing with something, uh, you know, and, you know, I shared a little bit on our um, prayer call. Uh, we go Saturday, but I mean, I could have took the whole prayer call to do it. So I briefly touched it. But and it was about uh, I'm dealing with a situation and she wanted me to pray uh, for this person that was, you know, as I said, she wanted me to pray. But this person, <laughs> this person, that, you know, was really like an enemy because if you're not for me, then you're against me. So, hmm. and so she wanted me to pray, and I was like, yeah, right at the door. And so <laughs> she interceded for me because my heart was hardened. I'm telling you, hmm. and she interceded for me, and I know she did, and um, and and I could feel it. And I'm serious. And so, um, you know, I came back later, you know, after a couple of days, actually, and she and because she kept interceding. And then, and when I said, yeah, let's pray, you know, and she, it was like, yes, Lord, you know, that's what she was saying. And so uh, I had her to intercede for me because my heart was hardened and I didn't want to pray for this enemy. Uh, but, but I'm telling you, once I did, it didn't take long for God to move, hmm. you know? So we, we have to do that. We have to pray for it. And people ask me, what does that look like? What does that mean? Pray for your enemy. You know, how you do that? Um, you got to do it to allow God to move for you. Hmm. I mean, he want to do it. Those angels ascended in sprint position, ready to run at, at the, your commands. But if you're not speaking good over this person or life, then, you know, they can't work for you. You know what mm. I mean? So, uh, yeah, that happened. That's good. 
we'll have to have a later conversation about yes. why I was praying for you when you don't want them to pray, really pray. We'll have to talk about that later. Uh, my wife does the same thing, Larry, so. Uh, same thing to you, Beth. Um, man, can you give an example in your own life where man, maybe you interceded for someone else or someone else interceded on your behalf, right, and stood in the gap for you, and man, what, what did that mean to you? I, um, I love that you, you talk about, and it just shows the discipline and the testimony of like, I did it before I felt it. Yeah. Mm. You know, we're not always feeling it. Right. <laughs> we're not always feeling up for it. And for me, um, it takes a lot for me to ask for prayer. Um, because again, it's like, oh, I have to, I have to confess that I don't have it all together. Or mm. that I'm not strong enough. Um, and when I was, you know, coming back from health problems, I remember coming to a, a Saturday meeting and thinking through all this stuff. And I was like, my body is so, and I was so used to being like, that's okay, keep going. That's okay, keep going. And I was like, uh, Larry, Edda, you know? Um, I was like, something's wrong. And it like, it feels like something from the inside out is trying to take me. And I'm very aware that the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, because he tries every day. So I'm like, okay, y'all just need to do something. And with so much joy and love, just prayed healing and immediately felt relief and then got a call right after church of like, you have this issue, you need to go to the hospital, you need to do this. And I was like, all right, thank you. And I just remember like, one, how long would I have suffered in silence, you know? And, and just had to deal with so much pain for what? For me to feel okay and feel, you know, feel like I still look strong. No, you don't, you're bald, you know? <laughs> you do not look strong. Um, and so it was so, it was also this encouraging time of like, there are people that you're not a burden, yeah. that there's a joy because they know that if you would do the same for them yeah. and you'd want to do it too. So mm. I, I would say like, man, just become comfortable with being uncomfortable mm. and asking for help. And I love that. And it, it, it makes me ask the question, Beth, um, doing that. It's like, it, it's like, what would happen if we actually started living on a prayer corporately? Like, like what, if, what if prayer was, was that important where, you know, it, like you did, and I love that, where you just, you had to pray, and it's, you know, I'm not by myself, and I, I know that I have people around me, and I, I surround myself with people who can pray and are willing to pray on my behalf and who are willing to intercede for me, and I'm interceding for them, man, how powerful is that? Um, when would that be if we really decided to make that decision to do that. And I'm saying we need to make that decision to do it. Um, and I love, I was reading, uh, as I was preparing, I was reading um, just you know, just story about intercession. And it's, it's one um, that we know it's when uh, Herod is going after uh, uh, Peter and he's already killed one of John's brother, right? And he's, he's, he's got Peter and he's ready to put him in jail. It's in Acts. Um, and, and there's a part that I read and it's Acts 12, verse four through five. Um, and, and Herod arrested Peter, right? And he's literally, he's, okay, you got a few days before I kill you. But it says, after arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. So that's 16, right? Uh, each, right? And it said, Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. It said, so Peter was kept in prison, but I love this, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. And the thing that we have to know is that, look, there, were, there are going to be situations that are going to occur. There are going to be times when people aren't going to get things right and that people will have, you know, justice that they are due. And God is a just God. Let's not get it twisted. 
then, and sometimes we feel like, well, God should just let stuff go. No, actually, what God is looking for is people in the church that will stand in the gap for one another and that will pray and inter- intercede for people, even people who don't know they need interceding for, like he was saying, but that we'd be willing to go ahead and stand in the gap. And, and for me, it's like, man, can you imagine if, if what could change if we would do that, right? These people were praying for, for, for Peter to be released from jail. And if you read the rest of that story, I encourage you to, man, an angel comes, right? Peter, just miraculous. He literally just basically walks out the jail. Right, and he gets to somebody's door, he's knocking on the door, and, and they're like, what, Peter, what you doing here? You know, it's, it's one of those stories where Peter, he literally just walks out of jail. And man, I, and I can think of, we're talking about breakthroughs to, through today, and it's like, how many prison or chained up situations are people in in our own families, are people in in our own communities, are, is our city in, is our state in, is our country in? And, and literally the Lord's like, look, I'm, I'm more than happy to intercede, right? I'm more than, I'm more than willing to be on the half. Like Micah 7.18 says, who is a God like you who pardons sin and forgives the transgression of the remnant of his inheritance? You do not stay angry forever, but delight to show mercy. So it's not that God doesn't want to show mercy. He does. He's just looking for us to be a willing participant. He's looking for us to be community and, and to operate corporately so that we can do the work that he's called to do and so that we can intercede for others. And man, it just, it, it lets me know that, man, I have a responsibility and I also have an opportunity to be a part of this community. And look, some of y'all know, some of y'all have friends that have been saved that are alive right now because you prayed for them. Some of you have family and, and, and things that are, that are saved. You talked about your friend earlier, right? The people that are saved now just because you stood in the gap for them and decided to pray, and that's so important. And it's like, to me, it's like, man, the, the difference that we could make if we decided to be in community, if we decided to be people willing, right, to join together in unity in agreement about Jesus, in agreement about his power, what could actually happen that we would reach out to each other and say, you know what? Take my hand. Take my hand. Look, look, look we're going to make it together. Would you take my hand? Larry, would you take my hand? Beth, would you take my hand? Etta, would you take my hand so that we can start praying together and believing for some of this stuff? Man, what would happen if we would start to do that? And it makes me turn back, right, to the verse that we read at the beginning. And, 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 and the Lord already laid out what's going to happen, right? Matthew 18, 18, and we're ending with this. It says this, truly I tell you, Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. So if we would start, man, taking some hands and saying we'll make it, man, the Lord's saying, look, if you speak out some stuff, I'm going to bind it, right? Or, and if you speak out some things, man, I'm going to loosen. He's, all he's saying, look, I'm telling you that if two of you on earth agree about anything that you ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. He's literally giving us the formula and the plan to make breakthrough happen in our lives. He's saying, look, get together and pray. Get together. This is why we do small groups. Small groups are coming up in about a month, right? This is why we do small groups. This is why we have prayer immediately after service, right? And you can make sure you get that. I'm putting it out there now. It's so that you're not by yourself. And it's so that as a community, and that we can be praying for one another, that we're operating in unity despite our political differences, despite our racial differences, despite our economic differences, despite our social differences, that we're saying, you know what? I'm going to fulfill the responsibility, the corporate responsibility that I have to pray for my brother and sister. And I'm willing to say, look, take my hand. We're, we're, we'll make it. 
take my hand, put some hand sanitizer on it first, but take my hand. Look, and, and, and look, we're going to make it. Because a lot of times what happens is that we try to do it alone. But I feel like in this season, with all that's going on, I feel like God is looking for his church to connect and to be together and to pray together. There's so many instances in the Bible where you see the disciples praying together. What would happen if we just started clustering in our homes in two or three? Just invite a couple people over, put a little pot roast on, and just, just get together to pray. Not to, not to gossip, not to talk, not to watch a show, but let's just get together and pray and, and intercede on behalf of, of the city and the state and the, and the mayor and the president and, and all these people in our lives. What if, what if I started to intercede for my boss? What would happen? And the Lord's saying, if you lose it on earth, I'm going to loose it in heaven. If you bind it on earth, I'm going to bind it in heaven. He's literally waiting for us. And so that's our prayer today. And, 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 and Beth, I'm going, to, I'm going to ask you to pray just for us as a corporate body right now, uh, man, that, that we would just adopt the attitude to be praying and believing in this season. All right, bow your heads. Lord, we just come to you so humbly. Um, knowing that we've not gotten every situation right or perfect, and that's not the goal. Um, but God, we repent of the missed opportunities because of fear, because of pride, because we believe the lie that it's up to us and it's on to us. But God, it's all on you. If, if we see it come to pass, it's because you made it come to pass. Yeah. If we don't see it come to pass, we know that you will because you promise and you can't go against what you've spoken. So God, increase faith in us faith that that does love that does that doesn't just talk about it doesn't just read about it but that actively seeks out opportunities mm. to serve and love and honor in ways that we didn't do before this season of life that we're not just going to wait for oh i want to wait till i bump into them no i want i want to dm them i want to reach out mm. I, I i saw their post and and so now i'm going to call them i want to facetime them i want to send them a letter I want to just show up at their house and say, can I pray for you? We want that kind of faith that doesn't, that, that reckless love that you so passionately have given to us. God, we want to reciprocate to people that don't believe you could be that good. Don't believe you could be that specific, that intentional. God, we want to be a church that doesn't just wear intentionality like it's a, it's a cute trend, but we actively operate in it because we love and we've received greatly therefore we give generously in jesus name amen, amen. while we're here we we also pray for anyone that might be watching or might even be in the room that doesn't have a relationship with the Lord. If you've been here and you're saying, look, I'm, I'm not even a part of a community, but I desire to be. I'm, I'm not even connected to God the way that I, the know, the way that I know I should be. But man, I, I recognize that I can't do this by myself anymore, that I need Jesus to do the work that he did. And I need to be a part of a body that, that, I mean, that works the way that it works so that I can reap the benefits of somebody interceding for me, but that also that I can enjoy, man, the corporate responsibility and opportunities that are available to me. If, if that's you if, you, if you're watching or if you're here in the room and you're saying, look, I, 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 man, I've been away from the Lord. I, I haven't done everything right. I've, I've kind of I've, I've kind of gone my own way, but I'm ready to make a connection with God again today. If that's you and you're here in the room or you're watching, man, just put your hand up or, and, and put it right back down. I just want to see it. If, if you're watching online, man, just, just give us a, a thumbs up. Just give us a thumbs up so that we know and can be praying for you. And we pray for all of those people right now 
in the name of Jesus. So look, let's pray together uh, for those people, for anybody that might be wanting to make a decision, even if you didn't raise your hand, but you know in your heart that you're away from the Lord, but you're ready to draw back near to him now. Let's pray this prayer together and let's believe together. Let's all say this together. Let's repeat after me. Say, Lord, Lord. say it loud. Say, Lord, Lord. I thank you for loving me. I thank you for caring about me. I thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for my sin and my shame and my guilt. I repent today and I choose to follow you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message. If you want to hear more about this series or learn more about our church, check us out at cityheartjackson.com or follow us online at cityheartjxn.